So these are some of the things that will make a difference in getting more business issued for you. And I really felt like that Johnny and Marcia did a great job on that last week for us. So thank you very much. Um, third thing that I want to talk about today is we have a responsibility to our clients to do our best. And what I mean by that, to do our best in a timely manner. For example, if we're sloppy filling an application out, uh, some of the ones you see coming in on paper apps, the handwriting is um, a challenge to say the least. But if we leave something off or it's not legible on the application, the insurance company cannot and will not issue that policy. And if the applicant should die during that period of time, the company's not going to issue the policy. They're not going to pay the death claim. This can be a real issue for your clients because when you walk out of their home, they're expecting you to make sure that this thing gets issued in a timely manner. Now, it's important for us to track our applications once they're submitted because if they don't show up right away at the carrier, you need to know why. Many times it's because Equus determined that they had something missing that they know the carrier will not approve without that information. So they're going to be sending you an email it's important to follow up with those emails to get that information either to Equus or to the carriers. And I say that because, you know, if, if we don't do that and somebody dies, that agent then, if that breadwinner dies, that agent then, they've got to live with the fact that this family may lose their home because of their negligence. Guys, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to carry the rest of our lives to live with. So when I talk about a timely manner, 24 to 48 hours falls within the ranges of timely. 48 hours is on the upper edge of that. So 24 hours is really a realistically time, time frame to try to get that information in to whoever has requested it. Um, occasionally, when something like this happens, an attorney will get involved. And when that happens, now the agents got themselves a lawsuit that they're named in and their E&O is going to have to pay, and a lot of times that results in the E&O paying the coverage, but them being dropped and can't get coverage again, and they're out of business because of, of, of you know, clerical error, sloppiness, or something like that. So, you know, and just always know that if these type of cases go to a jury trial, even if the agent was right that within 24 hours they requested the information, but the client never got back to them for a week, and they die that goes to a jury trial, the client always wins. So just be aware of, we live a life of significance, but we also live a life that's important to our clients. I want to share something that happened with Marsha last week, that, uh, and she took this to heart. We do what we do to get results, not just to look busy. And Marsha really lived that this past week. She went in, she had a unique situation, uh, another agent uh, who had been there before her was thinking on his feet. He met with the client. They had a term policy that was about to expire. The client has Alzheimer's and is uninsurable except for a guaranteed issue. The other agent quickly realized what he had, realized the other policy was going to go away long before the guy died. So he took the premium that they were currently paying for that term policy, which was pretty much going to be ineffective for him. It, it was either had just uh, expired or was about to in a few days. He reallocated that $382 a month premium to a guaranteed issue policy, and within 15 minutes he had the application filled out and was on his way and was out the door. 
get a great thing for the client. Marcia arrives a couple weeks later, only to find out they've already taken care of it. She looked at it. She pointed out it was a very good plan based on the client's health situation. She earned a lot of credibility by not tearing the other agent down and trying to find a way to replace it. Um, but because the other agent was in such a hurry, he didn't offer the man's wife any coverage. So Marcia, by being honest and explaining why the product they bought, because they didn't know much about it, was a good one, she earned the respect and, uh, of, of that client she ended up with a second sale on the wife for $1,200 in annual premium. And what I'm trying to point out with this is the point of sharing this with you, both agents were thinking on their feet. They, in both situations, were getting business where most agents would say, well, there was no reason for me to call you for help. There was no business there to be gotten. And my point is, yes, there was a reason to call someone else, because we're there to help train agents on how to think outside the box. Once you hear how we structure the questions, how, we, how the tone is, that just, and then how we kind of dig down a little bit, it kind of allows you to see and understand how the process works so that after you've heard us do it a few times, you can start doing that yourself. Um, I did want to point out how questions can lead to more business. Um, if I had one suggestion to you for this week, it would be to take 15 or 20 minutes and make a list of questions that lead to results. And do just like Frank Betcher did when we talked about this two weeks ago on the book, How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling. Uh, if you recall, before Frank went into that meeting and was going to write that uh, quarter of a million dollar life insurance policy, he prepared 17 questions that were designed to get a result. He organized them, and he, if you, as you recall, labored for quite a period of time to do this. He got the 17 questions in priority. He just wrote them out and then prioritized them on how each question would lead the client closer and closer and closer to a sale. Used 14 of them and made a huge sale out of it. The sale he made on that case then, based on dollars then, would be like selling a ten dollars or $20,000 premium today. Um, you know, that's a lot of commission coming to the agent. That's why when we talk about our personal development, why it's so important, the Equus calls every week. If, if we will listen to those and not wash the dishes, not walk the dog, not shuffle paper and organize things on our desk, but we will listen intently. And the reason I bring that up, last week I listened to last Tuesday's call at the gym yesterday, and there were people in the background making all kinds of noise. Guys, they were wasting their time and yours because they're not listening intently to what's being said because that's how we improve ourselves. So, you know, the personal development through Equus's calls, through this call every week, through the podcast, Number 17 is huge. That's something we probably should all listen to once or twice a month, if not weekly. And then reading, all of those things will change your life and they'll change your career, and that's why we focus on that so much. Now, this is the part where some of you may want to start taking some specific notes. Uh, I talked to Miguel yesterday about calling leads, you know, and, uh, and it doesn't matter if we're calling A leads, 
B leads, C leads, D leads, IVRs, or IPLs. All those leads, you're going to get the same objection. There's a tendency by a lot of us to think, oh, if I got A leads, those people are just going to you know, invite me to the house and buy right away. No, they've got the same questions that the others do. They just haven't had as much experience in telling agents no yet. So that's sometimes why it's a little bit easier working in A-lead. Now, these are the things that most of us hear were on the phone. First thing we hear is, well, I've already bought something. Second thing, it's too expensive. Third thing, well, we've decided to go a different direction. Fourth thing, someone's already been here and we're not interested anymore. Now, if you've had any of those things, and you're welcome to text if you want, if you run across some other things, but as I was talking to Miguel yesterday, I said, well, let's take each one of those. So let's deal with, I've already bought something. Your response should be something like this, well, Mary, that's why I'm calling. You probably have the kind of protection that pays when you die. And guys, they're about always going to say yes to that because they think that's the only kind of insurance there is. So let's go back again. You probably have the kind of insurance that pays when you die. The reason I'm calling you is I think you may qualify for foreclosure protection. I just need a little more information to see if you qualify. Your mortgage amount is $246,000. Is there a second mortgage or a home equity line? You roll right into from the point of you have that client. I'm not sure you're going to qualify for foreclosure protection. And guys, Less is always better when you're doing this. What most agents start doing is they get to that point, and then they start telling them what foreclosure protection is, and they spend three minutes explaining to how wonderful it is and what it does, and they lose the client in all the noise. So if you can learn to say less, Marcia and I talk about this all the time. She calls me constantly, and she'll come up with some things, and I'll say, oh, let's see, see if we could say it this way and make it more pointed and more effective. So learning to say less makes it more effective. That's one of the ways that I have found that makes a big difference in um, setting the appointment and everything. Excuse me, I'm getting a little dry there. The second thing we hear a lot of, well, it's too expensive. Well, Mary, that's why I'm calling many times we can save people 70 to 80% and include for foreclosure protection. I just need a little more information to see what you qualify for. See, the answer is it doesn't matter what objection they throw up at you. That's why you're calling to fix it. And if we can learn to understand and appreciate how powerful that's why I'm calling is, they're not expecting that. They're expecting you to roll over, oh, they've already bought something, it's too expensive, I can't help you. And for a new agent, that's usually the response they get. If you've been doing this more than eight weeks, <laughs> rolling over and accepting that should never be the, uh, the option because they have a need, they deserve our best, and we can fix that for them. So I'm hoping these things are starting uh, to make a little more sense to you. So we've covered, I've already bought, it's too expensive. How about this one? Have you ever heard this? Well, we've decided to go another direction. <laughs> okay, that usually means they've called somebody at work, they've called State Farm, they've done blood work, and or they've called and gotten a lower price, haven't done anything yet, but when when your price was 
or another agent's been there uh, was 150 a month, and they've gotten online or they've called their state farm agent and gotten a price of 75 or 80 dollars a month. Um, they've decided that's the direction I'm going to go. They haven't done it yet, but that's the direction they've decided they're going to go. And you know what? People feel they get so much sense of, oh, I've called and checked on it. It's almost like in their mind they've taken care of it. Not realizing if he doesn't come home tomorrow because of a car wreck or a heart attack, neither does this paycheck, and they are going to lose their home. So let's deal with we've decided to go a different direction. Well, Mary, that's why I'm calling. You probably have the kind of protection that pays when you die. Invariably, they're going to say yes, and and they're going to say yes because they don't know anything else exists. Well, um, it looks to me like you may qualify for foreclosure protection. Now, why do I keep using that phrase, foreclosure protection? Because, guys, they've never heard of that before. They don't know what that is. They don't understand, but I'll tell you what, if you just bought a house and you're in your working years, would it be important to you to have foreclosure protection? I don't know what it is or care. I just, that's something I would want. So you've captured, you're trying to say something that's going to capture their attention. So it looks like you may qualify for foreclosure protection. I need, just need a little more information uh, to give you a, a quote. Uh, your mortgage is $246,000. Is there a second mortgage or a home equity line of credit on that? Now, you'll notice what we have to do is we have to make the point of the foreclosure protection because they've never heard of that before, and it's something everybody wants, and then we have to transition right into without any pauses because if we pause, they're going to ask you, well, what is that? How does that work? And now you've opened up a can of worms you probably won't be able to get the lid back on. So these are ways that you can transition right into the next thing. Now at the end, I'm going to deal with the guys that are 68 and 70 years old when we're looking at an equity protection plan. But initially, I want to cover just the mortgage protection, you know, the way we normally do it. Have you ever heard this? Well, somebody already has been out here, and we're not interested anymore. Well, Mary, was it because of price? And they're usually going to say yes. Well, that's why I'm calling. We can a lot of times say people 70 to 80%, and you know what? I think you might even qualify for foreclosure protection. I just need a little more information. So do you see how we're, we're kind of, walking right past and offering them something that's totally different than they've ever heard of, you've got about 10 to 15 seconds at this point in time, guys, to capture their attention. And if you will learn how to transition each one of these, and I'm hoping each one of you will go back and listen to these over and over and over to the point that you can say it just the way I do, or at least not necessarily the way I do, but smoothly enough that it's something that one, one, they may qualify. You don't know that they can. You know, one of the biggest mistakes agents will make is, oh, well, our plan has this. Well, you haven't determined whether or not it's a problem for them or not yet. So you throw out there in, um, uh, foreclosure protection. You may qualify for that. You didn't tell them they can get it because if you tell them they can get it, well, how much is it? And then the questions start. Um, have you ever heard somebody say, well, someone has already been out here. For example, on this one I just did, uh, someone's already been out here, and 
you ask, has it been because of the price? And they say yes. Well, that's why I'm calling. A lot of times we can save you 70 to 80%, and I think you might qualify for foreclosure protection. But what if this, they say, well, someone's already been out here, and you say, is it because of the price? And the answer, you know, we already have plenty of life insurance. Well, Mary, that's why I'm calling. You probably have the kind of life insurance that pays when you die. Uh, it looks like you may qualify for our foreclosure protection plan. I just need a little more information to give you a quote. Your mortgage is $246,000. Now, why... Why I didn't do that on every one. I'm roll right into the mortgage amount, but I'm telling you now why that's important. It's important because you need at that point in time to give them a piece of information that you would not have unless they had either sent a letter back or they had called back in on the voice recorded message. All right, so once you give them information that you wouldn't have any other way, that builds a little bit of credibility with you with them so that they can kind of see, oh, maybe this person is calling either from the bank or it's someone we've reached out for in information before. So it's really important that this part of the phone script is very smooth and you transition from one part to the next. Slow down because everything that you're saying, you need to give them time uh, for that to sink in on what you've said and the faster you talk, the more it sounds like you're a telemarketer or a salesperson rather than a consultant. You're giving them and offering them something that's different. Now, let me uh, transition into what if they're 68 or 70 years old? Well, I, obviously we can't do a lot in terms of giving them foreclosure protection. But with each one of those, we can uh, exchange the word foreclosure protection to an equity protection plan. So if we've got a 68-year-old that says, well, you know, uh, it's too expensive. Well, that's why I'm calling, because what we try to put together a plan for people that's an equity protection plan, because a lot of our clients may owe, and I'll pick their mortgage amount, may owe $90,000 on their home today, and when they pass away, say in 12 years, their house might be worth fifty dollars or $100,000 or more than that it is now, and they want that fifty dollars to $100,000 in equity to go to their children and grandchildren, but they don't have a plan in place to make sure that's going to happen. I just need a little more information to see if you qualify for our equity protection plan. And you can see right there where we transition right in to the same type of things with everybody. Because, guys, when, when people come up with an objection, that's when the selling starts. That's when the selling starts because up until then, you're an order taker. And that's one thing with this business. We are not order takers because they need education. They don't realize the risk that they're at. How many people, when you stop and think about it on the street, that might have a burial plan with AARP that's going to go away the day they turn 80? And they, One, they don't know that, but they think they're good. And if if he dies and she's 78 years old and, you know, at, at 70 she thinks she's going to stay in the house. At 78 he's gone. Now his income is gone and she can't afford to stay in the house. 
So we want to at least get the equity out of the house for her. Yes, she's probably going to have to move into with the children, but if she has a lump sum from equity out of the house, she might be able to live in an apartment for a number of years and still be self-sufficient. You know, we're just trying to give them money for options. And most of the people we talk to have not thought in terms of what happens if, what happens when. That's our job to point out to them some options. So I hope these things today will transition and allow you to start thinking outside the box and not, you know, just fold when they come up with an objection like that. Now the key to making what we've talked about here work today is not to listen to this, but it's to practice it. You've all, most of you have heard when I first was dating Connie. I was going to Xavier in Cincinnati. She was going to Ohio State in Columbus. It was 100 miles from Cincinnati to Columbus. I had two hours on the interstate to talk to myself. And I would practice overcoming objections for two hours. I'd give myself the objection, then I would practice overcoming it. I, I would stand in front of the mirror for hours practicing what I looked like, what I sounded like, so that I could get better at that. And that's one of the ways that you can change how your success rate is going to be by practice, drill, rehearse. Practice, drill, rehearse. Just go over these things time and time again.